And joining me right now here on the phone line, talk all things NFL playoffs. And yeah, I'm excited to talk to this guy. He's my good friend, Alan Sauterzinski with Brevard Sports Network. Alan, how you doing today? Nervous, Mark. Nervous, buddy. Oh. It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, man. It's, uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous, man, but, uh, glad to be, glad to have, uh, my team in this position coming up Sunday. Dude, I started my show yesterday where I said, imagine being Allen right now where you wake up and it, it's all, it's all week. This is all you're thinking about. I know you got work to do and you do a great job here in Brevard County, but I know and everyone listening knows you're just thinking about Sunday. Am I correct? 100% correct. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this is it, right? I mean, this is what you wanted. This is what I wanted. This is what all Ravens fans wanted. We didn't want Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, and we knew deep down we weren't going to get him, you know, because Josh Allen does Josh Allen things, like throw the ball into the ground into the end zone on uh, third down, and and they do things like punt from, you know, fake punts from their own 30-yard line. So we knew it was going to be the king himself coming into Baltimore, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, really looking forward to this game coming up. Lamar Jackson bet on himself, got the big contract with no agent, by the way. He's been an underdog his whole career. How big of a game is this for Lamar Jackson on Sunday? Well, I'll go back to Saturday. And if you want to know how big these playoffs are for Lamar Jackson, all you need to do is go back and look at one play. And it is a play that occurred uh, early in the third quarter, and Lamar Jackson was kind of scrambling out of the pocket, and he had some room, and Ronnie Staley, the Ravens' all-pro left tackle, didn't throw a block. And Jackson got tackled, and when he got up from the play, he got into Staley's face, pushed him a little bit, really gave it to him, and it was at that point, Mark Moses, that I knew this was a different Lamar Jackson this was a Lamar Jackson that was not going to let this football team lose that game on Saturday night. He took that second half over. He and that defense, I might add, took that game over in the second half on Saturday night. And uh, Lamar Jackson wants this probably marked as bad as I've seen any player ever want to win a football game. Um, and then at halftime, the speech he delivered at halftime, which you know he said during his press conference that, he couldn't repeat anything that he had said to the team at halftime. I feel pretty good about this Lamar Jackson right now, and I couldn't say that at the start of the season. Probably couldn't say that five weeks into the season. But with what he has done with Todd Munkin's offense, and, and let's give the Ravens coordinator some credit here. Todd Munkin called a terrific game in that second half. The adjustments the Ravens made in the second half offensively were tremendous. Mike McDaniel is the boy wonder of uh, that defense in terms of uh, the play calling and what they did to C.J. Stroud. Look, the Texans had two games all season, Mark, where they didn't score a touchdown. Week one and Saturday, and both of those games were against the Baltimore Ravens. So, I like what this team is bringing to the table on Sunday, and I like their chances. It felt like the second half adjustments were, let's get back to our bread and butter. Run the ball, stop the run. Very meat and potatoes type effort, and I loved it. I hope you know that, Alan. I love that second half effort by the Ravens. 
Oh, it was phenomenal. It was it was typically what we call Baltimore Ravens playoff football. Mm-hmm. Look, Lamar completed the passes when he needed to. He, he found Isaiah Likely in the end zone for a touchdown. He threw two touchdown passes in the game. But, you know, Mark, the way that he would take off on a designed keeper up the – I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever seen – listen, Michael Vick was pretty fast. Um, but I don't know that I've ever seen a quarterback run through the middle of a defense uh, as quickly as Lamar Jackson does. I mean, he just blew by Texas defenders anytime he truly had an opening there. And uh, this matchup with Patrick Mahomes is something Jackson relishes. He actually has a win over Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes beat uh, or uh, Jackson beat Mahomes back in 2021 in a Sunday night football game. Um, so I, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And I think Mark, you know, the Ravens are the first team in NFL history to beat 10 teams in a season over 500 and they haven't beaten. I mean, look at what they did to the lions. Look at what they did to the Seahawks, the 49ers, the dolphins, the Texans. Um, you know, Mark, this is a very, very good football team. And I like their chances coming up. All right. Here's my thing. He made a move. Very Barry Sanders-esque, where he stopped on a dime and just toyed with the defenders of the Texans. Remember, the Texans are a good team. They are an NFL franchise. Some of those moves by Lamar are what we did as kids, backyard football with our friends. He's doing this in the NFL playoffs. It was remarkable, and and I loved, and I knew you were going to do it on Facebook, you posted the photo where you met him there in Orlando at the bowl game. Oh, man. That's one of my favorite stories you've ever told me where Lamar, Heisman Trophy winner, just sitting at a table by himself. So you went up and started talking to him. It's one of my favorite, Alan, when you'd say it. All by, him, all by his lonesome, Mark. Nobody wanted to talk to him. And uh, I said, man, this is ridiculous. This guy, you know, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. And so I just went up. We started talking. We did a little interview. It was great. Mm. And you know that move that you're talking about? He did the same exact thing. Don't forget, he's from down south in Miami. You know, he played high school football down there. There was a move that is on his uh, huddle highlights, and you can go back and look it up. All you got to Google is Lamar Jackson High School stop. And he literally is running into the end zone. He's got three defenders converging on him. He literally stops at the goal line. All three of these guys run right by him, and he steps into the end zone for a touchdown. So it's that type of a move that put Lamar Jackson on the map back in his high school days. But listen, you know, as much hype as there is about Lamar Jackson, they're still going into a game where, you know, <laughs> the man, the king, the guy that, that that has made us all forget about Tom Brady, so to speak, it, it, that's who he's going up against. He's going up against the greatest of this generation of quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think many gave Mahomes a chance to go up to Buffalo and beat Josh Allen on Sunday. But this is a tough Kansas City team. And like the Ravens, they're going to be bringing a pretty good defense into the into the fold at M&T Bank Stadium on, set on Sunday. So the Ravens really are going to have to come with a game plan not only to beat that really good Chiefs defense, because it is good, but they're also going to have to stop Patrick Mahomes. Now, I give the Ravens uh, an edge here because defensively, 
and offensively were simply healthier than the Chiefs are. I mean, they they may not be without Joe Thune on uh, Sunday, uh, the Chiefs. So, you know, they've got some banged-up players on their offensive line. Uh, but Mahomes just has a way of making things happen. And the thing that scared me most about the game that they played this weekend was watching Mahomes reconnect with Travis Kelsey oh, yeah. the way that he did. And I think if you're the Ravens, you know, you know, you got Scantling and, and Kadarius Tony, and these guys are prone to drops. But when you get a Mahomes-Kelsey combination working, everything else is going to open up for you. And you saw that on Sunday you know, Pacheco with what he was able to do. And Mark, if it's one place the Ravens defense is extremely vulnerable, it's up the middle on the run. Now they stopped the Texans on Saturday, but the Ravens have been notorious this season to give up rushing yards to running backs up the middle. And that's exactly what the Kansas City Chiefs like to do. The big key to this one is going to be, can the Ravens stop uh, Pacheco up the middle and not allow Patrick Mahomes to settle into a play-action game that burns them across the middle and down the seam with Travis Kelsey. But I think if the Ravens can put pressure on him with guys like Jadavion Clowney, who has had an unbelievable season. How about the how about the year Kyle Van Noy has had? Uh, you know, the, the Ravens' defense minus Marlon Humphrey in the secondary was outstanding. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, I, you know, again, I like their chances, but this is Patrick Mahomes we're talking about. Oh, yeah, he had a throw late in that game at Buffalo where he's scrambling the pocket, and you forget this: he can make every throw, and he can make throws that no other human being can make. Where he just flicked it, and it went twenty-five yards down the field. And you're like, what is this? He is, you're right, he is the best in the business. The question for me is, Alan Slutterzinski, can you get pressure? Remember, the Buccaneers, they did that in the Super Bowl against uh, Patrick Mahomes, and he had no answers. Can that front four, can they get to Mahomes? Uh, I think they can, Mark. Uh, not only do I think they can, but it was amazing. If you go back, if you go back to that game on Saturday, and you look at all of the pressure that they put on C.J. Stroud in that game, it's hard to think that the Ravens didn't register a sack in the game, but they didn't. And, you know, listen, the most underrated defensive lineman in all of the National Football League, Mark, is uh, Justin Matabikwe. And Matabikwe had seven hurries, you know, four quarterback touches. The guy had a monster game on Sunday. And when you look at that defensive line of Brett Urban, Michael Pierce, Justin Matabikwe, Jadavion Clowney, and then your guy, that linebacker, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, you know, this defense's descent to the top of the league really began with the addition of Roquan Smith. And then how about the job that the Ravens secondary has done back there with, you know, Brandon Stevens and then the, the, the youngster and Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. You know, yeah, I think the Ravens can get home with four. Uh, and as much as I hate to say this, the Kansas City Chiefs are not a very good pass-blocking offensive line. Our very own Jawan Taylor this yeah. year was the most penalized uh, offensive lineman in the National Football League this year. He had 17 penalties called against him, Mark, this year, either false starts or holdings. That crowd on Saturday at M&T Bank Stadium was tremendous. They caused five 
five false start penalties on the Texans. It's very underrated uh, there in terms of crowd noise. Yes, I think the Ravens can get home. I think they will get home. And I think in a lot of parts of this game, you'll see that Chiefs offense that struggled for a good portion of this year. Now, whether the Ravens can take advantage of that and put points on the board when their defense holds them remains to be seen. We're here with Alan Sutterzinski, Brevard Sports Network. We're previewing Ravens Chiefs coming up on Sunday for Championship Sunday. All right, other side of the ball. Here are my thoughts, and I want your take. The Chiefs defense is great. Maybe they have the spy on Lamar. I think that Lamar, you've got to show, I know this is hard to say, you've got to contain Lamar. Don't let him scramble. My thing for you is, which one of these receivers or tight end is going to have to make plays in this game? Who's your X factor? Because I know the Ravens are going to have to throw the ball in this one. It's going to be Mark Andrews for me, Mark. Um, the Ravens get Mark Andrews back. They held him out of this game. And now what you have is if, even if Mark Andrews can't, isn't, and he obviously won't be in, 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 you know, in midseason form, but you now have Mark Andrews and Isaiah likely in there. Uh, and you can even throw the third tight end in there for the Ravens as well, who's done a fine job in the absence of Andrews and Charlie Kohler. When you throw these three guys in there, now the Ravens can run some really, really neat two tight end sets, which is also a big part of Todd Munkin's offense. Mm. And don't forget, Mark, I don't necessarily know that Lamar Jackson has to run the football as much as he did this past week as maybe perhaps be a decoy, because if they can keep a spy, if they can keep one guy tied up on that Kansas City defense, you're essentially playing 11-on-10 football. Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and even Dalvin Cook, Mark, got in that football game Saturday. Those are three really good backs. Justice Hill is very underrated. I, I believe the Ravens can really control the tempo of this football game by using Edwards, Hill, and Cook in this one. And then, of course, you use Lamar Jackson in those situations where – it's third and five, and nobody's open. But I like the opportunity the Ravens have here with multiple tight end sets with Flowers and Beckham, and I think they can do some damage that way and keep the Chiefs at bay. I feel like, like this is my game plan, I might take shots early. I want big explosive plays because I want to throw some haymakers early because I feel like if the Ravens can get a lead, if you can get up two scores – then you go to ground and pound and you hammer them. That's that's my best case scenario because this is my thing. You can't let Kansas City hang around. That's what happened to the Bills. The Bill it just was close. It was close. I need those shots early, Allen. If I'm Baltimore, no, I I couldn't agree more with you. And look, I think if you're the Ravens, um, you did your game plan is to. Uh, you know, I think the Ravens rushed for over 200 yards on Saturday against a really good Texans defense, mind you. Yeah. Uh, I think the game plan has to be to run the football, play action off of that. Um, and, you know, I, I'd like to see Lamar a little more accurate um, in terms of these third and five, third and seven type situations. The Ravens were not very good on third down Saturday. They're going to have to be better on Sunday. They were just four out of 12 on Sunday. If they can be 6 of 12, 7 of 12, I'm a little bit more comfortable with that. But I think that uh, that rushing attack 
against that Kansas City defense, and that's the Chiefs' vulnerability. The Chiefs have an outstanding secondary, Mark. They're very yeah. good in that secondary. But I think if the Ravens can, you know, bring, you know, you take a guy like Jalen Watson, Trent McDuffie, you know, you take those free safeties back there, Chamari Connor, you bring those guys a little closer to the line of scrimmage, then you hit them over the top with likely or flowers or something in the slot in the seam to push the football down the field. But I think that running game, you're absolutely right, is the key to the Ravens' success on Sunday. Look, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Mahomes is better than Lamar Jackson right now. He's better. Sure. He is. And I would not be shocked if Kansas City wins this game. I would not. I, Kansas City, in you saw this on Sunday. In their DNA with Andy Reid, they know how to win. They do. Bills had no idea, and they proved it again. They don't know how to win. Kansas City, if they go there, no, it would not shock me if they win this football game. I hope you know that. Well, look, you know, they have one of the best defensive coordinators in the history of this game in Steve Spagnolia, right? They got Matt Nagy and Andy Reid running the offense. Um, the thing is, is that with these types of offenses, the, the, the Andy Reid, Nagy's, Kyle Shanahan type offenses, man, Mike McDaniel has done a super job of shutting these. You, you look at the three different teams that the Ravens have faced this year that run that Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid type offense, the 49ers, man, they destroyed it. The Detroit Lions, they destroyed it. So Mike McDaniel obviously knows something about how to stop the X's and O's in the scheme of this thing, but he hasn't faced Patrick Mahomes yet. And you're right. It would not shock me one bit to see the Kansas City Chiefs back in the Super Bowl this year. All right, let's go to the NFC. What do you think of this matchup, Alan, where it's Detroit and San Francisco? Listen, I felt like, you know, I I don't think either of these teams are going to beat, and that goes for the Chiefs as well. I don't think either of these teams are going to beat the Ravens or the or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I just don't. Um, ever since the Ravens beat the 49ers on Christmas night and after what the Ravens did to the Lions uh, a couple of weeks prior to that, um, now I know you know it's tough to beat a team twice in one season, but the Ravens manhandled both of them. But I find this to be an intriguing matchup uh, for me. Uh, I you know and a lot and listen, Mark. I, I think whether or not Debo Samuel plays is going to be a tremendous factor in this oh, yeah. football game. I think the Detroit Lions, like much like the Ravens, are going to need to establish a ground attack to be able to keep Brock Purdy and that offense off the football field. If they can control the tempo of this football game, they too can win it. But playing in San Francisco, listen, you know, I think, you know, the Niners went up, you know, against a hot Packers team and they took everybody shot that Jordan Love and the Packers could deliver on Saturday night and still came out on top. I think the Lions are playing good football, but I also think that Tampa Bay exposed some things defensively that I believe that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers are going to take advantage of. I certainly wouldn't surprise me to see Detroit win this game, Mark, but I do like the 49ers maybe by 7 to 10 points in this game on uh, Sunday. What are your thoughts on Brock Purdy, who's now, hmm, what's his record in the playoffs now? Is he... 
Ooh, three and one? What's his record? I know, maybe he's two and one. What are your thoughts on him? Well, I, yeah, I think he's two and one. And I, listen, he, I think one of the most ridiculous terms in football is to call a quarterback a game manager in the NFL. Quarterbacks can be game managers in high school. They can be game managers in youth football. They can be game managers in college. But you're not a game manager in the NFL. If you And we see this, Mark, right? Brock Purdy is not a game manager. He's a damn good quarterback. And he, he, he's a very accurate quarterback. He reads defense as well. He just happens to be a really good fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. I think Brock Purdy... Um, as much as I want to sit here and say he's the difference in this game on Sunday, I don't find that to be the case. I think the difference in this game is going to be the Niners going up against Jared Goff and that Lions offense. I think they need to shut the run down. I think they need to contain the speedy young wide receivers. Jared Goff right now is playing out of his mind, and I like the way that that Lions offense makes the big plays. I like the way they push the football down the field. But you know, look, the Packers are a young team. They made some mistakes in that game on Saturday night. Um, I think that the 49ers take advantage of a young Detroit defense, uh, an aggressive Detroit defense back there led by another Brevard County standout, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, who doesn't start but certainly makes an impact. He had an interception in that game. Look, Baker Mayfield almost beat the Detroit Lions. Yeah. You know, it, it, Baker had a hell of a game against Detroit. He really did. He played his heart out in that one. Um, I, I just think that, that San Francisco is a little bit more than the Lions will be able to handle, especially in San Francisco, and I like the Niners to advance. Okay, let's go over your official pick. You got the Niners. Who are they taking on in the Super Bowl? Come on, man. I, I mean, if I didn't pick the Ravens, people, you know, they'd be disgusted with me. I like the Ravens on Sunday, and I'll give you a score here. Right. I like the Ravens 27-25. Justin Tucker with a late field goal to seal the deal. Oh, man, Legatron. I like it. Uh, Damon with Space Fish and I, we were on the air Friday talking about you. I mean, you're a big celebrity. So Damon made the comment. He's like, yeah, he's the only Baltimore Ravens fan I know. I was like, you know, when you think about it, <laughs> like, because yeah, I made this comment yesterday. The thing with the Ravens is you got to be from that area, like for real. All right. And I see kids wearing Lamar Jackson because he's cool. Like, I get it. But like you go from New York to Los Angeles. I don't see many Ravens fans. So you are unique. And I am pulling for you on Sunday. There is there was one part of the country on Saturday that was cheering for the Ravens, and that was Maryland. Okay, <laughs> when you looked at the map, who was the rest of the country cheering for in that game? And it was the Houston Texans. Texans. But I do find it funny uh-huh. that that same map this week is covered in purple because nobody, nobody wants to see Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Man. It's one thing you go up to Buffalo, they're nice people. She can't just start walking around and then Kelsey's got a shirt off. I wouldn't be doing that in your county. Okay? I wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, no, no. You know, he'll get his ass whipped. He jumps out of a booth up there. Um, and, and, and here's the thing. Taylor Swift's not going to be at the Super Bowl anyway. She's got a concert in Japan. <laughs> Those sound like the problems you have all the time. You have to go to Japan yeah, you know. at the Super Bowl. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now I'm laughing. Alan Slaughter-Zinski, Brevard Sports Network. My man, thanks for your help, and enjoy the games this weekend. 
Appreciate you, buddy. Have a good one.